Welcome to Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 57 of The Christian's Daily Walk by Henry Scudder. But to resolve you out of this doubt, if you be not overcome with melancholy, for then you will answer you know not what, which is to be pitied rather than regarded. I would ask you, who think you have committed the sin against the Holy Ghost? These questions. Does it grieve you that you have committed it? Could you wish that you had not committed it? If it were to be committed, would you not forbear it if you could choose? Should you esteem yourself beholden to God if he would make you partaker of the blood and spirit of his son, thereby to pardon and purge your sin and to give you grace to repent? Nay, are you troubled that you cannot bring your heart unto a sense of desire of pardon and grace? If you can say, yea, then although the sin or sins which trouble you may be some fearful sin of which you must be exhorted speedily to repent, yet certainly it is not the sin against the Holy Ghost, It is not that unpardonable sin, that sin unto death. For he who commits this sin cannot relent, neither will he be beholden to God for pardon and grace by Christ's blood and spirit. He cannot desire to repent, but he is given over in God's just judgment unto such a reprobacy of mind, deadness of conscience, and rebellion of will, and to such an height of hatred and malice, that he is so blasphemously and despitefully bent against the spirit of holiness, Hebrews ten twenty nine, that it much pleases him, rather than any way troubles him, that he has so maliciously and blasphemously rejected or fallen from persecuted and spoken blasphemously against the good way of salvation by Christ and against the gracious operations of the Spirit and against the members of Christ, although he was once convinced clearly that this is the only way of salvation and that those graces and gifts were from God, and that they were the dear dear children of God, whom he now despises. Section 5 Of Fears Arising from an Accusing Conscience Others, if not the same persons, object thus. God will certainly condemn because John has said, if their hearts condemn them, God is greater than their hearts. 1 John 3.20 Hence they infer God will condemn them much more. 
for they say, their hearts do condemn them. There is a double judgment by the heart and conscience. It judges a man's state or person, whether he be in a state of grace or no. Also, it judges a man's own particular actions, whether they be good or no. I take it that this place of John is not to be understood of judging or condemning the person, for God, in his final judgment, does not judge according to what a man's weak and erroneous conscience judges, making it the rule of his judgment to condemn or absolve any. For many a man, in his presumption, justifies himself in his life, when yet God will condemn him in the world to come. Hosea 12, 8, Luke eighteen eleven, And many a distressed soul, like the prodigal, Luke 15, 18 and 19, and humble publican, Luke 18, 13 and 14, condemns himself when yet God will absolve him. For a man may have peace with God, yet God, for reasons best known to his wisdom, does not presently speak peace to his conscience, as it was with David, in which case man judges of his estate otherwise than God does. This place, 1 John 3.20, is to be understood of judging of particular actions, namely, whether a man love his brother, not in word and tongue only, but in deed and truth, according to the exhortation, 1 John 3, 18 to 21, 22, which, if his conscience could testify for him, then it might assure his heart before God and give it boldness to pray unto him in confidence to receive whatsoever he did ask according to his will. But if his own conscience could condemn him of not loving his brother in deed and in truth, then God, who is greater than his heart, knowing all things, must needs condemn him therein much more. This is the full scope of the place. Yet this I must needs say, that the Holy Ghost has instanced in such an act, namely, of hearty loving the brethren, which is an infallible sign of being in a state of grace, whereby, except in case of extreme melancholy or violent temptation, a man may judge whether at present he be translated from death to life. If any shall think the place to be understood of judging the person, he must distinguish between that judgment which the heart gives rightly and that which it gives erroneously. But suppose that, you trying yourselves by this, your hearts do condemn you of not loving the brethren. Can you conclude hence that you shall be finally damned? God forbid. All that you can infer is this. You cannot have boldness to pray unto him, until you love them. 
nor can you assure yourselves that you will have your petitions granted. And the worst you can conclude is that now, for the present, you are not in a state of grace, or at least you want proof of being in a state of grace. You must then use all God's means of being ingrafted into Christ and must love the children of God that you may have proof thereof. Did Paul love the brethren when he breathed out threatening? Acts 8.3 And was, as he himself saith, Acts 26.10 and 11, mad against them? Was he at that time a reprobate? Acts 9.15 Did he not afterwards, being converted, so love God's people that he could be content to spend and be spent himself for them? 2 Corinthians 12.15 So, many thousands whose consciences for the present may justly condemn them of not loving those that are indeed God's children may yet love them hereafter as dearly as their own souls. Some will yet say, certainly we are reprobates, for we have, according to the command of the apostle, tried whether we be in the faith or no, and whether Christ be in us, but we find neither. The apostle saith, we know these to be in us, else we are reprobates. 2 Corinthians 8, 5. By reprobate in this place is not meant one that is not elect. For none of the elect can, before their conversion, know by any search that they are in the faith or that Christ is in them, for they cannot be known which yet is not. Many are not converted until they be 30, 40, or 50 years old. Will you say, These in their younger years were reprobates. You may say they then were in a state of condemnation and children of wrath, but no reprobates. Besides, a man must not be said not to be in the faith and not to have Christ in him because he does not know so much. For many have faith and are in Christ, yet do not always know it. The word reprobate, because it is ordinarily understood by our common people for a man ordained to condemnation, is too harsh. The words now rendered, except ye be reprobates, may, as I judge, rather be translated thus, except you be unapproved, or except you be without proof, namely, of your being in the faith, and of Christ's being in you, whereof you outwardly make profession. As if the apostle had said, If upon trial you cannot find that you are in the faith, etc., you are unapproved Christians. Either you have yet only a mere form of Christianity, and like false coin or reprobate silver are but hypocrites and counterfeits, Or, if you be Christians in truth, yet you are unexperienced Christians and without proof of it to yourselves.
Some may reply, if I find upon trial that I am a counterfeit, may I not then judge myself to be a reprobate? No, for first, you may err in judging of yourself. Secondly, if you do not err, you can judge only this, that you are not yet in a state of grace. But in the use of means, you may be. God can as well convert an hypocrite as a pagan. For though now you be dross and refuse, you may ere long be pure gold. For God, in making vessels of honor, does more than all earthly kings and all their goldsmiths can do, for they, by their prerogative and skill, can make current coin and rich vessels, if they have pure metal to work upon. But they cannot make good metal of base stuff, nor make gold of brass. But such is the power of God's word and spirit that, whereas they find you base and drossy stuff, they, by imprinting the character and stamp of God's image upon your hearts, do transform you into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord, 2 Corinthians 3.18. As soon as you are truly anointed with this Spirit, you shall become good gold and silver vessels of honor, fitted for the Lord's use, whereunto you were appointed. This concludes episode 57 of Henry Scudder's The Christian's Daily Walk.